Chapter 22 The excursion's headlights shone on the chain-link fence that circled the old abandoned steel mill. The interlocked metal was bent up in an arch, and even in the snow I could see the footprints of the sad sacks who pushed it up in their search for a place to sleep, inject their drugs, or drink their cheap hooch despite the city's efforts to keep them out. Alicia sprung out of the SUV, swinging her red mag flashlight in a wide arc from left to right. I followed her with my own light, her feet crunching in the dirty snow. I called out after her. Hang on, this place is dangerous. She ducked through the hole in the fence. I've been here a couple times before looking for Marco. No one's ever bothered us. We found him here a couple times. We? You mean you came here with Anna Maria? She didn't turn around, but kept walking. Yes, more than once. I was quiet for a few steps. Did she ever talk about me? Alicia stopped, resting her gloved hands on her round hips and holding the maglite like a billy club. Are we here to dissect your insecurity about your manhood, or are we here to find Marco? Both? <sighs> yes, Fitz, she did. What did she say? Alicia looked up into the darkening sky and shook her head. Jesus, Fitz, why does it matter? I don't know, it just does. She rolled her eyes. Not now, for Christ's sake. The old steel mill loomed ahead of us, a specter both of this town's rise and its fall. After it closed, the mill turned into a haven for the addicted and the homeless, who hid among the hulking and rusting machinery looking for a place out of the weather to drink themselves into oblivion or inject their poison of choice, or earn money to get more. The city conducted periodic sweeps to clean the place out, but everyone knew it was fruitless. The junkies, the drunks, and the crazies moved their shit back in and started the cycle all over again. The city wanted the place torn down, but the responsibility for who should perform the ground contamination cleanup and asbestos remediation had long been tied up in the courts. Periodic plans to redevelop the site died on the vine. As case after case dragged on, holes developed in the roof and the walls fell away, exposing the dead machinery, an epic steampunk nightmare of rust and shadows. We picked our way around rusted drums and through more torn fencing, heading toward a door which hung cockeyed by its lower hinge. Bottles and cans were barely visible through the snow. Food wrappers and newspaper pages blew past us in the icy wind as we walked. I gripped my Glock in the pocket of my coat as I held my flashlight over my head. The door squealed in metallic agony as Alicia pulled it open. Hang on a minute, baby. I gently pulled her aside and drew the Glock from my pocket. Let me go in first. I just got you back. I'm not losing you to some addict with a gun. My flashlight bounced off what was left of the walls scaring bats hibernating up in the crevices. Alicia screamed and ducked behind me as the bats swooped down around us. Her voice echoed through the empty mill. Somewhere deep in there, footsteps echoed along a metal surface. Marco! Is that you, Marco? The footsteps stopped. No answer. Marco! Marco, it's me, Fitz. Where are you, kiddo? Again, nothing. I swung my flashlight left to right, the light reflecting in beady rat eyes as they scurried away. We edged our way through the trash, 
the pieces of corrugated roofing oxidizing on the concrete floor. Streetlights lit the outer perimeter of the mill, reflecting the snowflakes as they fell through the tall windows, long ago broken by God knows who. Little assholes who should have been in school, or angry unemployed men who gave their lives to the place, and could only express their frustration with loose bricks they found in the parking lot. A metal web of catwalks hung above us, once filled with the silhouettes of steelworkers, lit up by the showering red pyrotechnics of the liquid steel as it was poured from the blast furnace. I looked over at Alicia and realized the distance of the years between us. She'd never known what Fawcettville was like, regulated by the mill's whistle at 7 in the morning, 3.30 in the afternoon, and 11 at night. She'd never heard the train whistles pulling in and out of the yard, carrying the girders that would go on to become skeletons of buildings all over the country and rolls of steel that would be shaped into the bodies of land-yacht cars and aircraft. They were long gone by the time she graduated kindergarten. Over the years, as the building deteriorated, it was easy to see the cooking fires of the homeless through these broken windows, simplifying our jobs as cops to sweep them out periodically. As the building continued to crumble, they moved further toward the center, deeper among the machinery, making detection more difficult and the crimes that happened there nearly unsolvable. More footsteps sounded in the catwalks. Marco! Marco! The footsteps stopped again. It might not be him. I thought you said this was where you and Anna Maria always found him. Most of the time, this is where he was. Where was he the other times? At home, and you said he wasn't there. We turned a corner flashlights illuminating a row of cardboard boxes and infested mattresses along a wall. The cardboard and mattresses were up on their sides, trying to keep out the cold. In the center of that fortress was a dirty pop-up tent, its screen window ripped out. An old black man, bearded and toothless, stuck his head through the rip. I recognized him immediately. Weezer, what the hell are you doing here? The old man unzipped the tent and stepped out moving a mattress like it was the gate on a white picket fence. He grinned toothlessly and extended his calloused hand toward me. The smell of alcohol and body odor made Alicia take a step back. Officer Fitz! Weezer shook my hand vigorously. He was one of the last hires all those years ago. When it closed, like many new employees, he hadn't been there long enough to be vested in a pension, so he turned to manual labor, and when the alcohol got a hold of him, even those jobs ran out. Two packs of cigarettes a day, bagged or stolen from wherever he could get them, had led to lung problems. Asthma or COPD, I wasn't sure. But it gave him the nickname that we all knew him by. Fawcettville cops had a documented encounter with him at least once a month. We all knew we'd find him dead somewhere down the line. Frozen on a bench down by the river, or under a bridge with a bottle of grocery store booze clutched in his fist. Bringing him in on public intox charges made sure he had a warm bed, a meal, and a place to shower, if only for a night. I thought you went back to Selma to live with your sister. I holstered my Glock. What was that, ten years ago? Weezer nodded enthusiastically. Yes, sir, yes, I did. I put you on that bus, didn't I? You did, you did, you did. One pearly cataract gleamed in his right eye. Why didn't you stay there? Winters aren't half as ugly in Alabama as they are in Ohio. Right after I got down there, my sister, she got Jesus. 
Wouldn't let me drink in her house no more. Not even in my own bedroom. A man ought to be able to have a beer now and again. Especially in his own room. Don't I know it. How long you been back here, Weezer? Maybe five years. I went to Florida for a while, slept on the beach. Hitched to New Orleans, then ended up in jail. You think a town that makes all its money on people drinking wouldn't be so picky about somebody sleeping it off. But I guess I was wrong about that. Figured might as well come back here. Alicia has shot me a nasty glance. We're here to find Marco, not for you to catch up with some old trunk. Anybody else sleep here with you at night? I pointed at the filthy bedding around his tent. That's all mine. I don't let nobody come close here. These meth heads, they're crazy. I don't believe you're here in this old mill all by yourself, Weezer. No, I ain't. Where do the other folks sleep? Weezer pointed up at the catwalks above us. Some folks up there, some of them in the other crannies around the building. Alicia kicked me in the ankle. This time I took the hint. Weezer, my man, we're here looking for somebody. He shook his head and shrugged. Ain't seen nobody today. He's a kid, about thirteen. Curly hair, dyed yellow on top. Skinny. He's a runaway. He could be in danger. Him I seen. Uh, he came running here this afternoon. He looked pretty scared. He ran down toward the loading dock. Some guy right behind him. I heard them argue, then some banging around. And the guy left. With or without the kid? Without. Where was Marco then? Was he hurt? Was he dead? Where could he be in this rusted rabbit warren? What did the guy look like? Tall? Short? How was he dressed? White guy. Kind of tall. Gray coat? Khaki pants? Yeah. What color was his hair? Lighter. Kind of yellow, you know? I figured he was a truant officer or something the way he was dressed. But he would have left with a kid if he was. Why did you lie about that earlier? You didn't think to fucking check on the kid, Weezer? The old man stepped back defensively. You don't know what all happens here at night, Fitz. I get involved, I could get killed. And because you didn't, this kid could be dead now. Ah, come on, Alicia. I know just where he's talking about. We turned to run toward the loading dock. It sounds like Joe Pecorini. Carlotta's husband? You think he shot Anna Maria? No, I don't. I think he's chasing the kid to find some incriminating photos. If Marco has them, he could be in real danger. You think he knows he's got them? I doubt it. I'm betting that Anna Maria tucked them into his backpack, figuring that whoever wants them would come to trash her house. And they did. Who do you think shot her? I think it was Pete Zetkowski. The mayor? Alicia was silent as we turned another corner and the loading dock came into view. The room was filled with conveyor belts that rolled the steel down to be loaded onto semi-trucks and train cars. Nearly covered in the same trash as the rest of the mill, the roller belts had long been upended or torn apart. Three large overhead doors, which had long been padlocked shut, dominated the room. Until the doors had been locked, the loading dock was a dumping ground for stolen vehicles. Those that could be returned were, but time and budget constraints wouldn't allow the removal of all of them. In the center was a rusting 60s-era Ford Econoline van up on blocks, stripped of its wheels and any valuable engine parts. A single bullet hole showed in the corner of the windshield. Marco! We called in unison as we approached. Marco! 
The top of a knitted cap rose slowly in one of the van windows. I drew my Glock from inside my coat and pushed Alicia behind me, preparing to fire if needed. Put your hands up. Come out of the vehicle now. A pair of thin hands rose on either side of the knit hat. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Marco's terrorized face came into view. I lowered my Glock as he scrambled out of the van, throwing his arms around my waist. Alicia knelt beside him, turning his face so she could get a good look at him. Marco, what happened to you? I pulled the kid away so I could see him. His cheek was bruised and a line of blood ran from his nose. What happened? This guy, he found me leaving my mom's. He thinks I've got pictures of him in Ippo. Tears ran down the kid's face, and for once his usual arrogance and rage were gone. He was terrified. When I told him I didn't have them, he tried to take my backpack. When I fought back, he hit me. I fell down and he ran off with it. Did he say his name? Do you know who he is? I thought somebody else would come looking for me, so I hid in the van. As he was running off, he stopped at the door and called somebody. I heard him say, It's me, Joe. I got it. We shepherded Marco out of the mill, through the cold wind of the former parking lot, and beneath the bent chain-link fence to the excursion. Alicia pulled a tissue from her purse to wipe the blood from his face. I leaned over the open car door and peppered him with questions as she cleaned him up in the back seat. Do you know if there are photos in your backpack? Or discs with photos on them? Marco shrugged in response as Alicia wiped around his nose. Tell me who shot Anna Maria. He pulled away from Alicia. His voice was quiet, and for once, he wasn't trying to sound tough. It was me. I did it.